What is up, everybody? Get Rick rolled, okay? Because we got a budget increase, otherwise known as Trevor downloading a free app that is a soundboard. And we are going to start trying to use things as a little intro before, you know, until we can get to the point where we make an actual intro. This is another episode of Auto Save Disabled. I am your host, Caleb Center, And this is me, the king of the monkeys, King Thick or Trevor. <laughs> and today we are going to be doing our part two of uh, Nintendo, uh, talking about the rest of what we couldn't cover in the first episode because we got to uh, a pretty good length in the first one uh, before we can get through everything. So we got a little bit more to talk about on Nintendo today. And uh, I don't know, actually the, 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 the Rick Ashley kind of fits with the... Uh, with some of the stuff Nintendo's done in history. <laughs> you know the rules, and so do I. Ban hammer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off in uh, part one. And we are picking up right after uh, the last thing we covered uh, was talking about uh, Star Fox uh, coming out in 93 uh, using the FX chip just for a quick refresher. If any, uh, I don't know if anybody's coming off of uh, straight off of listening to part one or not, but if you aren't, there's a little bit of refresher where we left off. Uh, so we're looking at that time frame right now. Um, pretty much we've covered a lot throughout the, of their history so far, and we're getting into what I would probably say are the golden years of Nintendo at this point. We are in the golden arc we of are, Berserk. We, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I think their I think their golden years went a little better than the golden arc because guts kind of got screwed. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Nintendo seems to think that they are the god hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so go, going into uh, the the info here, uh, coming off of that uh, last thing we covered, Nintendo ended up collaborating with uh, the development of the Interactive Digital Software Association and the Entertainment Software Rating Board in 1994, otherwise known as the ESRB. Everybody knows what that is if you've ever played a video game. They're the people responsible for that little bitty uh, white and black square at the bottom of your game uh, packaging that uh, has a usually a letter in it letting you know uh, whether or not you are old enough to play it. Whether this is <laughs> suitable for your child or if it is only suitable for adult play. <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, I find it weird that uh, an inframature game can be played at 17 and up, but you can't have a beer until you're 21. That is a pet peeve of mine, by the way. <laughs> serving your military, you can die for your country. But you can't have a beer. And nowadays with, this, with these new laws, you can't even smoke a cigarette. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But anyway, so yeah, they worked with them uh, in 1994. Uh, in mid-1993, uh, they developed the Nintendo... Wait for it. Drumroll. Trev? Uh, I don't think I have one right now. Damn it! Alright. <laughs> anyway. But I, 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 do have metaphor. Some, I, do, I do have something even better than a drum roll. What, what you got? I don't think you guys prepared for it. Anyway, uh, metaphorical drum roll, just pretend there is one. They made the Nintendo 64. Which is honestly when everything really started to take off. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, the, the, the NES and the SNES. They were big. They were huge, but the, the N64 is I, what I would say, at least in my opinion, what 
cemented Nintendo it in is, the West. It is by far. Uh, I think I, I think I have the information on the sales and everything, but I'm pretty sure no, it is not the highest selling console, but it is one of their most popular by far. People still buy these things. The market for them is ridiculous even today. Yeah, like I'm a, my my brother got me into a. a Invited me to a Nintendo 64 group on Facebook, and it is insane uh, the amount of pe- amount of people that are still you know buying and selling these things just because they are so popular. And on top of that, arguably some of the best games in history came out on this console. Yeah, and some of the, some of the um, biggest games that are that have been sped run are on the N64. Yeah, like good, good, old, good old Mario Mario 64. 64. Oh boy, the, the, the speed runs for that game. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway so uh they uh they marketed on its um uh, 64-bit tech at the time which of course how it's got its name was uh was the fact that it was using 64-bit which at the time whoo was great it was cool it was it, it was, it was th- that was revolutionary <laughs> yeah which i think also around this time was when the uh close either close to or uh so around the time the ps1 came out and of course ps1 had insane graphics when it came out oh yeah um and uh it released in june and september of 96 uh for the japan and the u.s respectively uh so yeah japan got it in june and the u.s got it in september and march of 1997 in europe so europe um th- this was probably this is the first time a console uh, came out pretty close uh for japan and the u.s because it's the same year uh, but Europe was still a year behind on getting it. Just like um, they're behind on everything else. Yeah, we ain't gonna go into that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, production uh, ended in 2002, uh, which actually, funnily enough, <laughs> uh, the production for the N64 ended before the Famicom, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, to, to think about that, your newest console will stop being made. A year before an old the Famicom, yeah, that is ridiculous. Wait, wait, which going, which going back a little bit, I'm going to talk about the ESRB because mm-hmm. for some reason we didn't mention it earlier. The game responsible for the creation of the ESRB, well, two games, two. There was two games. Uh well, the the main one, Mortal Kombat, yeah, good old Mortal Kombat. Mortal! Which we will definitely, I, I don't know, um, we might make an episode just on Mortal Kombat, I think we will, but yeah, because if, we do, if, you th- if you think about it, just imagine you're a little kid going into an arcade, and you see this, yeah, and you go to play it, and you're like, <laughs> holy shit, his head came off, separated from his body. And I almost vomited from it. Yeah, but, uh, and, and yeah. little Timmy's over there like this rules. <laughs> <laughs> then you have old Karen in the corner. I don't mind how I'm playing these fuck shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so oh yeah, whenever we do the Mortal Kombat episode, we gotta try to find the uh, like a snippet of the uh, the the movie song. Oh yeah, get the bam 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 bam. I don't care what anybody says. A lot of people shit on the movies, but I, that. That soundtrack is iconic. <laughs> I mean, just... They even put it in MK11. It is iconic. You've got to love the OG, like the movie soundtrack from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Actually, honestly, uh, I know we're getting off topic here, but like, uh, even in MK11, the voice actor for Liu Kang is the, is the dude from the movie. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And also, uh, 
of course, it's pretty obvious, though, uh, more obvious than the Liu Kang, though, but the Shang Tsung model is uh, modeled and voice acted by the actor from the movie as well for Shang Tsung. So, <laughs> huh. uh, that's that's why one of his outros, whenever he wins, is, you know, these like uh, the iconic, like, uh, I will have your soul or whatever. Oh, you know, okay. yeah. uh, or no, your, your soul is mine. That, that okay. whole thing, yeah. But uh, getting back on topic. Uh, so it is considered one of the most recognized systems in history and well-deserved of it, trust me. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're still talking about the N64, by the way, if we got too off topic. And it had 388 games produced for this console, which included, but not limited to, <laughs> uh, Super Mario 64, a gem, one of the best Mario games ever, don't at me, and GoldenEye 007. Well, oh yeah, everybody. Everybody knows Double uh, 007, GoldenEye. It was Golden like Eye. the big, one of the, I remember back in the day playing that crap on the couch with people. That's, all, just, that's also another game that the speedrunning community yes. has just stripped down to its bare bones analyzed everything about that game and of course you know like everybody i'm pretty sure a whole bunch of people throughout the years have played with their friends shooting each other in that game it's fun and last but not least in the trifecta of the double of uh, the triple hitters my bad this is probably one of the best games ever made in history. I am going to gas this up as much as I can. Trevor's probably getting tired of me doing it, but The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I don't know about that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> because that is one of my top three most favorite games in history and prob- on one of probably the most iconic video game consoles of all time. And it is well-deserved of it. And by far bar none in my opinion has the best video game soundtrack in history don't at me i don't care what you say well which, which fun fact about about that uh wait was it an ocarina the, yeah the one that had the child the child link fun fact that one in with george mask had kid link we'll say it again fun fact <laughs> and um i don't know if you guys are familiar with the game called near automata but the main protagonist is a lovely female by the name of 2B. Her ass has more polygons than what the entire character model of Link does in this game. So that should tell you, for one, that we, as video, like, like not not we, because we don't make video games, but as a human race, <laughs> the video games have definitely gotten a lot more detailed. And 2B's ass is another thing to behold within itself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, also the N64 uh, had uh, Majora's Mask on it, but I'm pretty sure uh, Majora's Mask probably doesn't have anywhere near as much of a claim to fame as Ocarina of Time does, just because one, Ocarina of Time came before it, and two, in my opinion, it's a better game. Come at me. I don't care. And and um, Majora's Mask is just emo. It's dark. It's very emo. It's not really emo. It, just, it, it covers some pretty dark it, it's stuff. It's emo. And when you're playing it as a kid, you don't really pick up on the dark <laughs> stuff. But it, it's got some pretty dark stuff. 
And it also has, and, and also it has a creepy pasta tie to it, which is nice. Yeah. Which is uh, the creepy. Well, it's Mario sixty four does too, I think. But it's not. It's not as big as Ben Drown. Yeah. Which, which the creepy pasta behind it is is called Ben Drowned. Yeah. Which I I don't know the, I don't know exactly like a hundred percent about the creepy pasta itself. But yeah, you should you should definitely look it up if you're interested in that sort of thing. And you like creepy stuff. Yeah. But um. Back on topic, <laughs> uh, because you know I got a little heated because you know I grew in time. Uh, by the way, if anybody's wondering, my top three uh, games in history are, uh, which has been recently updated uh, thanks to uh, PlayStation Studios, um, is Ocarina of Time, Final Fantasy VII, and Ghost of Tsushima. Because oh, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima is just a masterpiece. But. <laughs> Uh, so back on topic in 1995 they released uh, the Virtual Boy uh, designed by Gunpei Yoko, uh, Yokoi which we discussed uh, did a couple things uh, in previous uh, years of uh, Nintendo um, I believe he was the one behind the Game Watch if I remember correctly off of the notes but uh, of course the Virtual Boy ended up getting discontinued for not selling well and ended up with Yokoi uh, retiring uh, which this is a this is a big thing to me uh, with the history of Nintendo. I've talked with this about uh, ironically to my to my boss about this, and he's he's agreed with it. But Nintendo have ideas that are great, but at the time, like they're 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 so ahead of their time that they fail. If that makes sense, when they come out with them. They they were, which is also a a problem that still plagues video games nowadays. Yeah, is that if your game isn't overly simple, in a way, then it won't. Well, it sell. it wasn't really that with <clears throat> the Virtual Boy. It wasn't really that as a problem. It was the fact that they, it was like they were trying to make the first VR, pretty much. Which yeah. I, I'm you've seen the Virtual Boy, haven't you? Yeah, isn't it? It was like the little hand. It was the little face visor thing that like, had like it, red light. It like sat on the table. Yeah, and it was it had red light, which was a horrible idea. I don't know what possessed that man to think that that was a good idea. Maybe it was just easier to make the tech out of. But basically, all it was was a game and watch headset. That's pretty much the. If you've seen a game and watch console, just make it red and put it in a little face visor that you stick your eyes into. I mean, in theory, it's nice, but in execution, it was awful. I mean, yeah, which god awful. I mean, Nintendo has a lot of great ideas, and a lot of times they'll either soar or they'll fall flat. Like, look at the controller for the N sixty four. Yeah, <laughs> the Trident. But uh, so yeah, the Virtual Boy failed badly. Um. Like they 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 discontinued it very quickly, and on top of that, they discontinued it very quietly. Like they pretty much like one day it was there, the next day they were just like no, and so that's how bad it did. And uh, that's of course, like I said, the the guy that created it ended up retiring. Um, and in uh, February of 1996, this is a big year. This is a big month. Anybody who knows what I'm about to talk about, know if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. I don't care. But a little little thing came out. A little, little thing, pretty pretty big thing actually nowadays. Especially it, even back then, I'm pretty sure it was a pretty big thing. But I don't know if y'all ever heard of this little thing called uh, pocket monsters. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me call it something you might know. Pokemon. <laughs> or, the thing, or the thing every southern white lady despises. Yeah. So I, I love my mom. I love her to death. I really do. <laughs> but <clears throat> I never understood growing up why she was so against Pokemon. I guess because it was called Pocket Monsters. And you know, oh, I don't. Well, I don't know because I don't know how many of the listeners are actually from, or like from the south, or would even have this issue. But southern people tend to be what I call stupid, <laughs> and 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 very closed-minded, very closed-minded, and. Oh, dude, even, I, I, even nowadays, like, you know, like... Uh, people, st- people still shit on it. Well, it's not only that. Like, I remember sitting in the... Uh, my, my grandparents own a restaurant in a town we live close to, and uh, some of the workers uh, that work there, uh, my grandmother, I was I was working there as a summer job at one point just because it was easy to get a, to work there for the summer and was getting paid cash under the table. But the... Uh, Basically, like we were sitting there, uh, it, like before we would open, you know, my grandmother and some of her workers, they were just, which were mostly uh, women, uh, would uh, sit there and, you know, eat some, Mama would eat some oatmeal and stuff like that. And they would just sit there and drink coffee and talk for a little while. And I remember one time I was sitting there, you know, you know, just looking at my phone, sitting with them because my, my mama, my grandmother wanted me to sit with her sometimes. And I was like, okay. So. They were sitting there talking about it and everything is like, have you like like uh, I remember uh, I'm not gonna name any names specifically, but uh, the, uh, like uh, Trevor knows who I'm talking about. But basically, the like this well, the one one of the ladies was sitting there. She was like, "Have y'all seen that uh, that thing, that dang thing called?" The, yeah. A lot of people down here say "dang," uh, but anyway, uh, even Trevor's grandmother says a lot. <laughs> but uh, she there she was like, "Y'all seen that dang thing called like the Pokemon or whatever." And I was like, that has got to be the most satanic thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, anytime I hear that, I mean, the only thing that, the only thing that I can, the the, the big thing that flows through my brain is, why are you gay? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I just, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's freaking Pokemon. I mean, just sit there. Honestly, you have more of a cause to call Yu-Gi-Oh! Satanic than you do Pokemon. Yeah, because that deals with actual, like, demons and shit. Yeah. And everything. And, like... But, and, and it was weird, because my mom was completely okay with me watching Yu-Gi-Oh!, me playing Yu-Gi-Oh!, and collecting the cards. But Pokemon but, was po- off But limits. Pokemon was completely off limits. And I'm just like, why, do, why are you so afraid of this Japanese stuff? I'm <laughs> like, Mama, look at how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, and for those and for those that don't recollect what I'm talking about, my dad is part Japanese, <laughs> so I'm like, Mama, why? Trevor's grandmother is 100% Okinawan, <laughs> but it's a little bit of rabbit hole. But coming back to the topic, yeah. So in February 1996, Pocket Monsters Red and Green. Uh, known as Pokemon Red and Blue in the States, uh, developed by Game Freak, released for the Game Boy in Japan. Well, you really can't say known as Red and Blue. Those are completely different colors. But well, what, no, what they did, they, they just... Okay, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with how Pokemon games are. They're always labeled something different. This everything. was the only time they were labeled something differently in the States. Yeah, but, and, and and I don't understand why they did that, but yeah, they had the, they had the different colors. It, but, 
in the United States versus the uh, the JP release. Which it was only one of them. They changed green to blue. That was the only thing they did, and they gave it a different legendary. Yeah. Which uh, that's one of the big things with Pokemon games. If anybody doesn't know, is that uh, depending like every game that gets released comes with one like two to three versions or so, or four sometimes I think. But basically, each version they're the same game. Exact same game. They're the, pretty much the exact same game. The only thing they change is some of the Pokemon that you can catch in the wild and a the, and legendary, the legendaries and the legendary that is not given to you, but you're stupid if you can't get it. Yeah, I mean they give you a Master Ball for a reason, but so that's pretty much like the biggest thing. Of course, um, one of the a lot of people didn't know it at the time, but like green, uh, the legendary for green was Rayquaza. No, no, that was for no, that's Emerald. Well, the, remember, Emerald's a re-release of green, because we never got green. Are you sure? Because Emerald, Emerald still, no, Emerald was still in. Uh, I may be wrong. Let he, me let, let's let's let's. He's he's wrong about that. I, I, <laughs> I, I know. I know. No, I know for a fact. Um, he's wrong about that because because Emerald is based in the same universe as Sapphire and Ruby. Okay. Yeah. You can still. Catch- no. 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 Yeah. It, it wasn't. Uh, it was. Never mind. Yeah, I am wrong because because uh, we had Sapphire, Ruby, and Emerald, and then like the re-releases were Fire Red, uh, something green and something blue. Yeah, it's a Fire yeah. Red Leaf Green, and I I don't know what I, I, don't, I don't remember I don't what, blue what Blue was. was. But yeah, that's what they did. The, yeah, the the Fire Red and Leaf Green and everything like that was the re-releases <laughs> of these games. So that's when America got the the original green. But um, we'll save all this for for the actual. Pokemon yeah. Episode. So. Off topic, we we get into things when it comes to Pokemon, but uh, so yeah, they they released for the Game Boy in Japan. Uh, in 1998, the Game Boy Color was released and allowed compatibility with Game Boy games, which was a big thing. Uh, I think that's pretty much the first instance in re- of reverse compatibility, actually. If I, I think. yeah, yeah, I think that was the first time that reverse compatibility really came about. Which, I, which, if you don't know what reverse compatibility is, it's taking a game from a previous generation of a gaming console... And putting it in the new one. Yeah, and putting it in the newest one. It's like it's like taking a PS2 game, putting it in like the PS3, and playing well, it. Well, like, like the early PS3 was yeah. the only one that really allowed that. All right, a better example is taking a PS1 game... And putting it in and a PS2. putting it in a PS2. So, yeah. um... Which was a big thing. I don't think... Like, that, that was like one of the only times that I can think of that Nintendo actually did that. Because everything else is its own proprietary thing. Like the, you can't put an NES cartridge in an N64. You can't put yeah. it. You can't put an NES in an SNES. You can't put an SNES in a 64. Like, like this is matters. the this is pretty much the first time you could put an old console's thing into the new console. Yeah. For Nintendo. And then and then you get onto the DS where you can do that as well. Mm-hmm. But that that's further down. The it line. was pretty much only their handhelds that did it. Because yeah. even, even when they got the discs, like the GameCube had its own disc, which was that little weird small one, and then yeah. the Wii had its own discs. Yeah, they, they were the yeah the Wii. Well, no, the, no, no, no. You could put Wii games in the Wii U. I forgot about that. Yeah, you that, could also play GameCube games on the Wii. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I I'm stupid. <laughs> you can play GameCube games on the Wii. You might as well play well, that. But this, but this was the but hold on. But this was the first. Yeah, instance Yeah, the of first it. instance for Nintendo. I'm gonna say that. I don't. I'm not for sure in history. I have to look look at them up. I say, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about it. But if I had to take a wild guess, going from the regular Game Boy to the Game Boy Color, that was the first instance of reverse compatibility. Possibly, I, for I, sure, for Nintendo. Possibly in history, but yeah. Um, so, uh, in May 1999, with the advent of the PlayStation 2, 
uh, Nintendo entered uh, an agreement with IBM and Panasonic to develop the 128-bit Gecko processor and DVD drive, which ended up uh, making into something quite nice, uh, if anybody knows where this is going. Uh, and in 2000, uh, administrative changes occurred due to the corporate offices being uh, moved to... Uh, Manamiku Kyoto, so they moved uh, every they, they moved their headquarters to a different spot in Kyoto, and so some changes happened. And uh, in 2001, two new consoles released, and they were the Game Boy Advance and the GameCube. Which the GameCube is what they were developing the uh, the Gecko processor and DVD drive for, I believe. And the GameCube was probably another uh, one of their their big consoles. Oh yeah. Uh, Around this time is when a bunch of their big consoles come out, in which which I'm I can guarantee a, a lot of the of the population had a Game Boy Advance. And if you guys for some reason don't know what I'm talking about, it's the um, it's the Game Boy that flipped. Like you could open and close it like a flip phone. And no, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, that's that's, the, that was that's the SP. That's, that was the SP. The, that was the SP. The, oh, the, the, the Game Boy Advance. Was it was the, the it was the wide. One. Oh, it was the block. One. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so the the original Game Boy was. Uh, wasn't just yeah. It was just called it, Game Boy. It, yeah, it was just called the Game Boy, but it was shaped like the Game Boy Color, I believe, or something like that. But then the Game Boy Color uh, had the word Color put on it, so it could have colors. And then uh, the Game Boy Advance was the wide one, and then later, of course, they come the, up with the Game, Game Boy, Boy SP. Advance SP. Yeah, and then that's the one that, that flips. Yeah, that's the one that flips, and everybody tried to get different colors off. Yeah. I had the blue. I had the blue, silver, and black. Why the hell you need three of them? Because I have one, Christopher had one, Jessica had one. Oh. And then I ended up having the other two. <laughs> so, uh... Mine was blue, Jessica's was silver, Christopher's was black, because he liked everything black. <laughs> um... Y'all should have seen my brother's bedroom whenever he was a teenager when we lived in Washington. He literally had sting sheets. I'm sorry, Christopher, if you're Ooh. listening to this. Dang, Chris. <laughs> I didn't even know you had that side to you. Man, had had sting sheets and uh, a big old Elvis picture in the corner. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Little <laughs> but sting uh, sheets, that's, that, that, that's, that, that, that's the oof. Be sitting down there listening to Marilyn Manson. Ooh. But, uh, <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, Chris. Love you, man. That's right. <laughs> but, uh... So, uh... They end up releasing those two consoles, and then, uh... Following the European release of the GameCube in May of 2002, uh, Hiroshi Yamochi, uh, resigned as president, and, uh, Satoru, uh... Iwata, uh, was his successor. And, uh... In 2003, they released the Game Boy Advance SP, which we were just talking about, yeah. uh... It was an improved version of the Advance that had a folding design. So there you go. It was the it was the flip phone of Game Boys. Um, of course, uh, I, I think I have it in notes here coming up. But pretty much one one of the presidents ended up dying of uh, I believe it was throat cancer. Uh, that was a uh, that was Satoru uh, Iwata. Yeah. Yeah. He um, okay. Rest, yeah. So the the the, the successor I, I just uh, mentioned is the one that uh, yeah, he, he ends up dying. Rest in peace. He he yeah. died. He died in uh he died in 2015. Mm-hmm. What did he die of? I believe it was throat cancer. I think I have. Yeah, I have it right here. He died of. Uh, no, bile duct. Bile duct, yeah, yeah bile complications duct from bile duct. Cancer. Yeah, so, uh, but that's a little bit further in. But, uh, so, in 2004, 
uh, they released the Nintendo DS, which had dual screens and one of them being a touch screen. Now, the DS was pretty big for their handheld scene because oh, it, and that, and, and it, that it, it trumped was, the Game Boy. And that within itself was very revolutionary. Yeah. Being able to act... Because I, I know whenever you play a game, you're interacting with it, but not to this level. Yeah. Where there is, like, physical human interaction Dude, I remember with one of, the game I remember itself. one of my favorite DS games I had was the, uh... You know how they made the Star Wars Episode Three for the DS? Yeah. That thing was so fun. <laughs> it was hard, though. And I remember I used to play the, uh... This this wasn't a DS game, but it was a, it was a Game Boy game, but it was like the uh, the Dragon Ball GT Game Boy game. I don't know if you ever played it. Mm-mm. It was fun. I never played it. And it had, like, the soundtrack sounded a lot like, uh... Uh, the, the actual anime, so that was cool. And then, uh, also another big Game Boy game, uh... Line I played was the uh, the Legacy of Goku games. Those were f- f- pretty fun. I'm a big Dragon Ball fan, by the way. Anybody, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. The so the DS was the most successful handheld console and the second best selling console in history so far. I'm pretty sure the the new gen consoles could you know get above it if you know they made enough. Yeah. <laughs> But then again, that they really can't help that. Yeah. Well, well, which blows. Yeah. But anybody want to send your boy a PS5? I'm thirsty. We <laughs> don't want to send both of these boys a PS5. <laughs> we greatly appreciate it. <laughs> nah, we ain't gonna do that, nobody. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. Y'all, y'all are fine. But uh, no, you're not. Shut up. <laughs> send me a PS5, or I will come to your house. <laughs> so uh. Uh, coming into it, uh, into 2005, uh, the Game Boy Micro released, which I didn't really remember this, uh, but it, it released as the last in the Game Boy line, and, uh... I, I remember, I actually remember in elementary school a couple kids having one, and I always thought it was stupid. Yeah. Because, like, why would you want something that's just, like, maybe, like, slightly bigger than the cartridge itself? Yeah. I mean, it was okay for what it was. I mean, which I don't understand why you'd want to. The Game Boy SP was better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Another thing the Game Boy SP had, which I think it was the only, like, the first Game Boy to have it, but it was, the like, the screen that lit itself. Yeah. Because I remember playing the Game Boy Advance, and, like, one of the little add-ons was a little light that plugged into the top so I could actually see the screen at night. Yeah, because yeah, I remember one thing about the Game Boy SP that it had. It actually had a button at the, um, like, like right at the bottom of the screen where you could adjust the brightness. Yeah. Now, granted, it was only two. It was only two brightness settings, which was bright and dim. <laughs> but that was that was a freaking saver, man. Because mm-hmm. I remember being like playing in the sun, like I can't see shit, and just tap that button is like, wow. <laughs> it, it's just. You have you have a whole new life just from being able to see brighter, and I mean, it was it was beautiful being able to finally not having to rely on a street light in your car, <laughs> being able to actually see the screen. Oh man, I remember before we got the uh, the little light for the Game Boy Advance. I'd be playing in the back seat and like one of the long trips we'd take to move to another state or something like that and like I'd go like try to cut on the light in the car and boy mama ripped my ass 
never understood that because me, me driving and everything, if someone turns on the light... And I like, can understand it, especially with how bad Mama's astigmatism is because her astigmatism is bad. Yeah, but I still always thought it was a really big overreaction. Yeah, like my dad didn't have any problems with it because his eyesight was fine, but Mama, who boy... Cut she, the fucking lights off or we're going to fucking die. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, Jesus, all right, all right, all right. No, my, the thing my mom would do was like uh, she'd reach in the back seat and pinch under your leg, and that, that crap hurt. It hurt badly. And that's how she shut us up. Or got us to stop doing whatever we were doing that she didn't want us to do. That was just she just as soon as you saw her kind of situate herself up there, you knew you were in trouble because you know what you're in a car, you can't get away from it. It's happening. <laughs> but uh, so back on topic, <laughs> just uh, this was a, a pretty big uh, important part here too. Uh, November twenty, uh, November of two thousand six, uh, the Wii released, and I'm pretty sure everybody remembers the Wii. Man, I love that thing. <laughs> I absolutely love the Wii. You either love the Wii or you hate the Wii. Which, if you hated the Wii, I'm not, get, get out of here. I had some issues with it. Get out of I here. I liked it, but I had some issues with it. For one being, sometimes the motion tracking was, was kind of crap. But then again, it was... It was the first of its kind, really. Yeah, because like right, like, soon after the Wii, we got like the Kinect and like the... Uh, Which, the Kinect was god-awful. <laughs> that, that, now, that... Now, the Kinect for the Xbox was awful. Genuinely, at least in my opinion. And then we ended up getting the PlayStation... Was it PlayStation Move or whatever it was called? Or whatever, you know, the two little things? Yeah, the, which yeah. that... Every, everybody tried copying the Wii. Yeah. But it seemed like the only people that could do it right was the Wii. Which, I mean, the PlayStation 1 wasn't that bad. Especially yeah. after they tweaked it a little bit and released it with the VR headset. yeah. But then again, who would actually go out of the way to spend that much money on something? Yeah, because you're just, ba- you, just to play like two games. Yeah, you're you're paying literally for the literal price of a PS4 for the VR. Yeah. Um, just for like like we said, like two games. Anybody ever listens to this episode and you're in the gaming mm-hmm. industry, please knock down the price of VR products. <laughs> there, it's so fun, but there's nothing to play on it. What's the point of paying four hundred dollars? Exactly. <laughs> um, I'd rather have an Oculus though. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so in 2011, uh, the 3DS released, uh, capable of producing, uh, stereoscopic effects without 3D glasses. I don't know, uh, if you haven't played on a 3DS before, basically what it is, uh, the 3DSs have, uh, it, it's, it's design is pretty much just like a, a, a DSs, it's a little sleeker, a little better looking, but, um... It has this little slider on the top half after you fold it open on the side that you can slide up and down if the game is compatible with it, because some games aren't, and you can uh, adjust how much of a 3D effect it has. And it, and it was nice. I mean, I didn't have Oh, yeah, one. I still have one. I, I didn't have... I never had one, but whenever I could play with one, I loved it. And, of I, course, they re-released Ocarina of Time on it, which is the reason why I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, mine's red with the uh, special colored buttons that's colored like the uh, actually the SNESs and the N64s were. Yeah, but wasn't it the, uh, I don't I'm not sure because like I said I I never me I never even owned a DS growing up. I did my, I, the, my first DS got stolen with my God of War limited edition PSP. Oh shit! But um, I love that PSP. What was it? Was it the 3DS? The like the the DS that had like analog sticks? It had one stick. But it, it had one stick on the left, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I remember opening up my buddy's uh, 3DS for the first time, and I saw, like, an analog stick. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. 
Which of course the the PSP had one analog stick yeah. too. Uh, but the you know the PS Vita ended up getting two. Yeah. Um, we don't talk about that. Yeah. It kind of. It was kind of DOA. Yeah. <laughs> there was no need for another handheld console, really. Yeah, I mean it's better than the PSP by far, but. Who the hell has like who wants a handheld now? Oh man, Chase did. <laughs> <laughs> Our buddy Chase, he owns like. Every console, just about, except for like the, uh, and except, except for the new Xboxes. Yeah. So yeah, he and he has a trouble parting with any of it. <laughs> um, love you, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> if you end up listening to it, love you, bro. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> so uh, in in 2012 and 2013, the Wii U and the 2DS release. Now, the Wii U was ass. Yes, <laughs> but in some respects, I liked it a little better than the Wii, especially when playing Twilight Princess, because I got real tired of playing Twilight Princess with the motion controls. And on top of that, if you didn't know this fun fact, if you're a Zelda fan and you've played Twilight Princess on the Wii or the Wii U, you'd notice something kind of funny. So, throughout the history of the Zelda games, Link has been left-handed. He he is a left-handed swordsman. He has a sword in his left and his shield in the right. You may have noticed if you played Twilight Princess on the Wii, he's right-handed. The reason behind that is because when they developed the game, uh, it was developed for the Wii and, I believe, the GameCube. And it, uh, if you didn't know, it came on the GameCube as well because I, I keep forgetting it does. But... Uh, because of the fact that when they developed it for the GameCube, he was left-handed. What they did for the Wii, because majority of people are right-handed, not well, left-handed. Left-handed people don't exist. Y'all are just asking for attention. I'm ambidextrous. Shut up. <laughs> so, um, because majority of people are right-handed, they knew that the, he would have to be right-handed to compensate for people swinging the sword with the right hand to not cause confusion. And so, what they did was they took the entire game and just mirrored it. So it is completely mirrored compared to uh, the GameCube and Wii U versions because the Wii U, uh, you could play it with the motion controls or not, and if you did, it would mirror the game or flip it, depending. And so it, it was kind of like back when in the GameCube when they re-released uh, Ocarina of Time for the GameCube, uh, the Master Quest Edition. The Master Quest Edition also flips the game to make it a little harder. Yeah. Fun fact. But, so, and then, of course, uh, the 2DS was, uh, it was the 3DS, it just couldn't flip, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it was just always open. Yeah, it was, it was, it's just basically a square with two screens and the bumpers all the way up top and everything. It wasn't, like, uh, on the back side, right behind where it flips, because it couldn't it wasn't flip. On, it wasn't on the shoulder, because it didn't have a shoulder. Yeah. So, pretty much it. But it still had that, that little slider in order to uh, do the 3D effect. And it was pretty much a way of selling a cheaper version of the 3DS so people could play 3DS games 3D without paying the extra 100 or so dollars for the 3DS. And also trying to find the 3DS. Yeah. Which I think nowadays they're actually still somewhat easy to find. I found mine pretty easy. I just walked into a GameStop and got it. Yeah. Okay. And it, it was actually, you know, it was only like uh, 200 I believe. So I mean, I, it, I have pre- no idea. Whenever I bought it, it's pretty good idea, pretty pretty good deal. But um, and so uh, the Wii U 
Uh, going off of what Trevor said earlier, I have some facts to back this up. The Wii U is the least successful console in Nintendo's history. <laughs> Which, I mean... It deserved it. <laughs> you also gotta look at the competition. It deserved it. <laughs> I mean... It kind of it kind of fell flat, um, and uh, the I actually never owned one. I owned a Wii, but I never owned a Wii U. My sister actually owned a Wii U for her kids, and uh, that's how I, I I ever got any playtime with one. Was I was at her house sometimes and played it, and uh, it I mean it was a decent idea, but it just kind of fell. Yeah. It was an ass. <laughs> and uh, but, uh, for those that don't know what the Wii U is, it was, it was the I think it was the first of its kind where you could. It was a console that you could either play it on your TV as a console, or you could play it handheld, which like, was kind of predecessor to the Switch. Yeah, but the Switch itself, the console is completely a tablet. Unlike the Wii U was not. It was still a a console you had to plug into the TV and everything. It was just the tablet was separate, and you could play it on the tablet, but you couldn't go too far away from the console, unlike the Switch, where the whole console is the tablet. the tablet itself. And all you do to plug it into the TV is put it in a little plastic thing. That's all it yeah. is. And that has the wires on it. So, uh, in 2014, uh, new products consisting of figures of Nintendo characters called Amiibos released. Oh, boy! Good old Amiibos. Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, if you don't buy an Amiibo uh, when it's new and only $15, good luck. Yeah, um, those are expensive. I have shit. I have price checked uh, some of the older discontinued ones or ones that are only sold in Japan now. And the Ocarina of Time Amiibo of Link playing the Ocarina is like $80. Yeah, just for a little plastic figurine. And only in Japan. So you also had to pay for shipping from Japan. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so something cool about the amiibos is that you could I'm not gonna go into the details of how to do it, but you could connect them to your console. Yeah, and put in a way and do stuff to your game with them. Yeah, because they would they would like give you certain items that were only amiibo specific. Yeah. So it was basically it was very specific and very exclusive DLC. Yeah, it was... And, and it depended... Uh, for one, it depended on what amiibo you had. And two, it depended on the game. And then it depended on what amiibo with what game because only some amiibos were compatible with some games and everything. So, like, even now... Uh, to, I mean, they're still selling amiibos today, of course. And they're selling, you know, amiibos for Smash Bros. and stuff like that. And you can use it to put a computer version of that character in the game and you can train it and make it, you know, harder to fight and everything like that. And I have seen people do some stupid stuff and make those things fight better than players. Yeah. So, and it, they put stupid buffs on them and everything and make them do dumb stuff. But, and then, like, that's just for Smash Bros. Yeah, we'll get into that whenever we start talking about And then, Smash like, Bros. you got, like, you know, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Switch where, like, if you use Zelda Amiibo, like, Zelda franchise Amiibos, they can put... Uh, they'll spawn items into your game and you could possibly get items from the older games in it and there that's the only way you can get those items is through the amiibos which to me I think that's kind of dumb yeah. to have DLC that exclusive 
when you can just straight up sell the DLC. It's like it's in the game, but you can't get it without an amiibo. Yeah. And some of the amiibos that give you some of the stuff people might like the most, like me, my you know my favorite Zelda game is Ocarina of Time. So when I was playing Breath of the Wild, I was like, man, I'd love to have the Ocarina of Time armor. But the thing is, you got to have the Ocarina of Time Link amiibo, and the only way you can get that now is eighty dollars from Japan. And the only the, the easiest way to do it nowadays is just get the code for it and put it on the little cartridge chip or something like that and just use that. Yeah, you don't get the cool little figurine, but I mean, I guess it works. But the it, it kind of it's a good idea, but not in practice, if that yeah. makes sense. Especially like at least they need to make them to where they either bring back some of them every now and then to make them a little cheaper again, or like. You know, or like just not discontinue any of them or not only stop selling them in America or something like that. Just little things like that. But, I mean, it's still a cool concept and they're still rolling with it. So, nothing much we can say being little peasants from the south of America. Oh, America. Um, now, then we go into, uh, on July 11th of 2015, this is what we were talking about uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, Iwata uh, ends up dying of bile duct cancer, and uh, Tatsumi uh, Kimishima uh, was named his successor on September 16th of 20, uh, 2015. So they waited a little bit uh, to figure things out before they got a successor ready. Uh, I'm sure that's probably because of the fact that you know his death was probably kind of un, you know not really called you know like no, I'm trying to think of the right words here. They were really, probably weren't really expecting it, maybe, or anything like that. And if they were, they weren't ready to have a successor on hand like they did when Iwata replaced uh, the person that's in front of him. Yeah, because there was like Nintendo really went downhill after after uh, old dude died, because for one, I mean, he was damn good at his job. Yeah, and now, I think that's around the time they start going into close to bankruptcy. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why a lot of the stuff they they sold at the time never really dropped in price. They were just trying to make whatever they could. Nothing uh, they sell drops in price. Well, I think that's probably also mainly because of that. Still, yeah, it's probably still affecting them. I but mean, then again, Nintendo's just a bunch of assholes. That and also the way they designed the uh, cartridges for the Switch also makes it harder for it to drop in price. Yeah, so that's why you can like you know you know games that came out at the very beginning, very beginning of, of the, the Switch are still $60. <laughs> which is god-awful. And uh, speaking of the Switch, uh, the Switch was released in March of 2017 and was a hybrid home and handheld console, which we talked about a little bit earlier. It, basically, all it is is the console itself is a uh, tablet that has two uh, side controllers that can detach. And, and the motion controls for those controllers are actually pretty good. They are dope. They're pretty good. And their, their vibration technology is insane it's really good for for what it is yeah and the it was, it was really it's a really cool concept obviously obviously the, I mean, it's still selling today and they have two more versions that got released of it the switch light which all it was was the uh it was strictly just a handheld it version. was it was just the handheld version of the switch the, the and the joy cons which were that's what the controllers are called joy cons if, if you possibly don't know um they they don't detach from the sides like they do on the regular one, and you also uh, 
I, I don't think you can dock it. You might be able to, but... You can't. You can't? Okay. It, it is just handheld. Okay, so, yeah, you can't dock the light, but you can... you can. Which, the dock is what we were talking about. It's the little uh, plastic thing that you could plug the... Uh, Switch into to make it appear on Yeah, you TV. plug the power cord into it and the... Uh, HDMI. The HD cord into it, and you just slot... It's got a little thing that plugs into the charging port at the bottom of the switch. You just slot the switch in there, and it'll put it on the TV for you. That's the dock. And so, you can't dock the light. Is strictly just for handheld, which which sold really well for parents with kids, uh, because they could just it was a, it was like a hundred dollars cheaper, and it was just the, their kid could play it anywhere they wanted to in the house and everything like that, and uh, of course they also released the <laughs> the OLED switch. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, it has. I don't think it's come out yet. It hasn't come out yet. Um, but but the only difference, well, a lot of a lot of people were very upset about its announcement. Yeah, because everybody was expecting a Switch Pro, basically. Well, uh, yeah, basically like a Switch Pro. Because everybody, because one thing that I have experienced playing Switch games is that they some of them are not very well optimized for, the first parties, for playing on the TV. The first parties are usually optimized pretty well, but the yeah. non-first party games are where it starts to struggle. Yeah, they're not very well optimized for TV play. Yeah. At all. Like they they look like garbage and they play like garbage too. Like unless it's a really simple game usually and if it's if it's not first party, if it, unless it's a really simple game, it usually has some issues. I know that uh, that Pokemon Dungeons game that I tried playing, it was fine on the handheld, like whenever you play it in handheld, but as soon as you put it on the TV, like like at most, the resolution, like at most was 720p, mm-hmm. and the frame rate and everything was just, it was it was Which not, is weird, because Sword and Shield ran pretty well yeah, on Sword, TV. Yeah, Sword and Shield ran very well on TV, which, which honestly, that... It, it, that itself, I think that was the first Pokemon game that you could actually play on your TV. Yeah. Well, hold on. Okay, so, so okay, so I, let me let me correct myself. There was an adapter for your GameCube that you could plug it into where you could play Game Boy games. Oh on yeah, your yeah, TV. yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. But being able to play a game like a Pokemon game meant for your TV was very nice. Yeah. Because I was always used to being the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> playing my Game Boy on this tiny, tiny ass screen, and now I'm able to play it on my big, like, 43 inch flat screen, and it is, it's, it's really nice. It's really, really nice being able to do that. Um, yeah. So the Switch released in uh, March of 2017, and yes, it has been out that long. If if you have trouble believing that, trust me, I do too, because I, I keep forgetting when it came out. And, uh, yes, games that came out in 2017 are still $60. Yay. And, uh, <laughs> if anybody from Nintendo ever hears this, knock down the price! <laughs> Do everybody a favor and make your games fucking cheap. It's pretty bad that I bought Mario Kart 8 on my Switch pre-owned, and it was still $55. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in, in 2018, uh, uh, Shuntaro uh, Furukawa... Uh, replaced uh, Kimishima as uh, president, so they had another president switch. Uh, only a few a few years after this, the, the successor was named, uh, and uh, Kimishima was named, 
And uh, so he was he was named the successor in 2015, and this guy ended up replacing him in 2018. So he he is the current president, uh, which is of course I'll say it again, Shintaro uh, Furukawa. And um, in May of 2020, they reported a 75% increase to income than the previous fiscal year, uh, mainly due to the Nintendo Switch online service, which if you don't know what that is, you pay uh, X amount of dollars a month, whatever membership you get. The highest one, I think, is 20 bucks a month. Yeah. And you basically get online services. It's like, uh, if, if you play PlayStation or Xbox, it's like getting PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live. You know, it's that yeah. that, that, that that scenario. And, and also something else, um, with, the, uh, with the Nintendo Online, they act, you get uh, a free emulator. We get two free emulators. Yeah, you get the NES emulator right now and the SNES emulator if you pay yeah. for the uh, NES, uh, the Nintendo Online membership. And, and, and they're constantly adding to it. Which, which, granted, that's. I'm hoping they make more emulators. That'd be good. They need to because there's no way I can play a sixty like a Nintendo sixty four game or like a GameCube game. Well, right now the only way you can play an N sixty four game on the Switch is if you buy the Mario Triple Pack. Yeah. That's it, and that's only in Mario sixty four, in which they discontinued the uh, the hard copy sales because they. Oh, stopped, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they stopped. They stopped producing those of March of this year, but you can still buy a digital version, which is still nice. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm still not going to go out of my way to do that. And uh, coming to the pretty much the end of our information here, uh, and the, the end of talking about Nintendo, pretty much uh, currently. Uh, in August of 2020, they were named the richest company in Japan. Which honestly, that doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't. I mean, they—they, they, I mean, obviously throughout history, they have made tons even, of money. Even richer than Toyota. It says they are the richest company in Japan, so I assume they're richer than Toyota. Huh? They're definitely richer than Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a car guy if, if anybody wants to know that so yeah a lot of times I'll talk about cars and talk crap on cars and stuff like that so it's just but yeah so that that pretty much uh, sums up everything on Nintendo I know this ended up being two parts uh, but um, that's uh, that's pretty much all the the big information in terms of their video game history and it was a lot yeah and that was with skipping 30 40 years of their history <laughs> but uh yeah the uh and in terms of a company they then they're a good company but the thing is some like, of their business practices are shitty they they really need to come all right coming off of corporate stuff uh i it, yes companies in in the end probably really don't care about their consumer they only care about that paycheck they care about the money we give them but even if you don't care about the consumer you should still try to cater to them in order to keep them if that makes sense so yeah nintendo's had some in in recent times here recently have kind of gave the middle finger to what a lot a lot of fans have wanted and uh, don't even get me started on the Zelda Game & Watch thing. We should have got a Zelda triple pack like Mario did, but that's... No, no, alas. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... 
this 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 is pretty much uh we're getting close to time here but uh this is pretty much uh summed up you know nintendo's history and everything and hope you learned something uh new if you if you didn't then hope you had some fun listening and everything and uh we hope you enjoyed it oh yeah for sure and uh we'll see you guys in the next episode as always i'm your host caleb or center and this is me trevor king thick and this has been another episode of auto save disabled we hope you guys enjoyed we love y'all peace out homies all righty